This Kendra is where they make their mark. This is the time where you've got to turn the table. You've got to take advantage and ride this wave in this momentum. Look out! Welcome to the Match Preview Podcast. Callum Williams, as always, alongside former University of Minnesota soccer star Kendra D. St. Aubin. Lots coming your way over the course of the podcast. We'll be joined by Ethan Finlay in the next segment of the show to help us feature the next opponent, Houston Dynamo for Minnesota United. First and foremost, though, Kay, um, it's it's been a week. It's it's it feels quite refreshing, actually, doesn't it, to have just one game a week, at least for this past week. Anyway, I know that won't be the case moving forward, but a chance for the players to, to recuperate, a chance for the broadcasters to recuperate as well. Um, but a, a really, really riveting win over LA Galaxy. Heading into the game, that there was an element of concern, obviously because of the, the two prior results. But Minnesota United showed that they are more than worthy of where they are at the moment in the league standings with a fabulous win over LA Galaxy. Yeah, and I think, you know, concern for me to sort of equals pressure in this kind of a, a situation for Minnesota United. And I think it's a pressure, and I would assume it, it would be a welcomed pressure because the expectations are so high for this team based on the quality of the club and the roster. So I think that is why when you have a team that the expectations are high, you've made it to the Western Conference final the previous year. You you know, you played in a U.S. Open couple Cup final just a couple seasons ago. It feels like an eternity now. And your roster is loads better than the one that went to the U.S. Open Cup final. I just feel like the, the pressure is a welcome pressure the the energy the sense of urgency and the the knowing that this team needs to get the win and the three points at home against a difficult LA Galaxy side and they didn't just get the three points they did it handily they did everything that they were supposed to do and more and you know they locked down their offense was it which has proved to be difficult on some occasions I mean LA Galaxy isn't throwing up an, an insane amount of goals but when you look at some of their offensive weapons and then you put Chicharito back in the mix that's a tough team to get a shutout against. And I think the fact that they put the three on them and they got the shutout um, was really a credit to the team and the club and just how they came in prepared for this game and ready to go right from the first whistle. Before we talk about the back line that once again was flawless for Minnesota United, it was clear the issues were at the other end of the field for the Loons. Um, still, despite scoring three goals against the Galaxy, uh, still towards the bottom end of goal scorers this year in the Western Conference. But there was an obvious need to score goals consistently and to also add a performance to that, as you mentioned as well, against LA Galaxy. They got going very, very quickly indeed through Emmanuel Reynoso. It was wonderful to see him back in the eleven. Well, we've talked about it forever now, and Adrian Heath preaches it, and goals change games, and early goals specifically. And LA Galaxy has been leaking goals early in matches. And we all know we've all fell victim to it at some point um, throughout the MLS campaign, you know, especially in the last four-plus years for Minnesota United. When you give up an early goal, it is hard to climb out of that hole because you come in with this game plan, a tactical game plan, a mindset, and energy about starting the game. And when you give up an early goal, it kind of takes you down a few notches. And so Minnesota United capitalized on that opportunity. They've created chances, game in and game out. Creating chances has not been the issue, but finishing them has. And I think that the fact that they got such a clear-cut chance and a quality chance and they buried it, and Manny Reynoso buried it, I think that just elevated this group. And it could have been anybody that scored the goal, and I think the team would have felt 
you know, the same kind of elation and maybe a little bit of relief getting your early goal. But it was nice that it was Emmanuel Reynoso because I just think that people know his quality, his teammates know his quality, and his adrenaline has been pumping now for a couple of weeks trying to get back on the pitch and contribute to this team and be a part of it. And um, he did that in the best way possible by scoring that early goal. And then followed up with a stupendous goal as well. Perhaps one of the best we've seen from Emmanuel Reynoso this season. Yeah, and I think that, you know, when you take a look back at his two goals and we can we can probably pick apart the defense a little bit and what were guys doing, you know, how they were defending him and letting him get to his left foot and his more favored foot and maybe not tight enough to the ball. But ultimately, it's Emmanuel Reynoso finishing the chance. And I think that when he sees those pockets of space, Adrian Heath has wanted him to score more goals, to be more of a scoring threat, not just the assist man, the secondary assist man, not just the creator sitting in that number 10 pocket and then also doing his due diligence on defense. And so I think that almost, not that Reynoso needed a confidence boost, but knowing that he can score goals and have that kind of impact for himself and not just have to be the passer. I, I think that, you know, I, I think that's going to bode really well for this team going forward. This is a very important, if not the most important part of the season and, and the schedule, not because of the opponents, but purely based on the fact that Minnesota is trying to stay above that playoff line. And if they could climb into fourth position, but right now, I think all eyes focused on Houston and, and staying above this playoff line, knowing how tight the Western conference is. And Reynoso is a massive return to that lineup. We'll save the conversation of the third goal because the goal scorer is joining us in the next segment, Ethan Finlay. Um, the back line, again, preserving a clean sheet for the first time in, in some time. But the back line were wonderful. Boxall, Dibassi, again, sensational. Good to see Chase Gasper returning at left back and Hummer was as lively as ever. And I think, you know, when I, I spoke to Tyler Miller for the podcast this week when we were out training, and I think, or not for the podcast, sorry, for the radio broadcast, and he said the same. There is something about locking down. You have a 3 nothing lead late in a game like that, and you have all, all you, you could absolutely relax a little bit, turn off the switch for a moment, knowing that what are the odds of the opposition scoring three goals, let's say in the last 10 minutes, the last five minutes of a game. And instead he saw the players in front of him being Tyler Miller, diving for things, slide tackles, timely blocking shots, making the effort to get back into shape defensively, covering for each other as runs were still being made forward by the outside backs. And I think that, um, best game I've seen from Ozzy Alonso in a really long time. And that's nothing. That's not a knock on Ozzy Alonso's past performances. It's just that he literally did everything right in this match. He looked lively. He looked energetic. He looked like he took 10 years off his legs and he's always the smartest guy that we've seen with the ball at his feet and, and in positionally to cut off the passes. So defense in the front four in front of him, but of course really goes to the midfield, goes to the Fragapane and Ethan Finley did their their work as well in the front three, or I mean, excuse me, the front with um, Robin Lud and, and Emmanuel Reynoso definitely having a hand in it as well. So front to back, back to front, a, a true team performance. And I know Tyler Miller was really happy and pleased with, with the defense in front of him. Yeah, what do we make of the performance of Robin Lud? Because let's not forget, this was his first start in six games for Minnesota United because of various little injuries. Um what does it say about the forwards that are on the roster at the moment? The fact that Minnesota are opting to use Robin Lloyd. I, I know it obviously suggests that he's consistent. He's a very good option. But is there 
room for frustration if you're centre forward on this roster thinking, well, hang on a second, why am I not starting? I don't think there's, well, first of all, if I'm an athlete, I'm always going to want to be playing. So I'm sure Adrian Anu, Fernando Adi are going to be saying to themselves, how do I work myself back into the starting 11? How do I get back into the mix? How am I, how do I become the first one off the bench if I'm not starting in that position? And first of all, you got to score goals. That's how you get on the field. And Robin Lloyd has shown a consistency. So to me, this is more about Robin Lloyd's quality and his consistency when he's in an attacking position, whether that's coming from the wing or from a forward position, and less about lack of production from Adrian Anu and lack of production from Fernando Adi, who hasn't been here that long. But I do think that Robin Lloyd, even though he didn't get on the score sheet with a goal, he provided an assist to Manuel Reynoso. And you can see why Adrian Heath likes that pairing, why he likes how those two work together. Robin isn't a huge, big body. He's not a Fernando Adi, but his ability to shield the ball and hold up play, hold up play meaning put his back to the goal, keep the ball in front and tap it back to Manuel Reynoso or whoever it might be out in front and find that open pass and then the combination play and spin off of it and create. And then when he does get a scoring opportunity, he is a threat from an attacking perspective. And that keeps defenses on their field, uh, on their toes, knowing that they have an attacking threat, the, the leading scorer for the Loons and Robin Lud, And then you also have Emmanuel Reynoso, who is plenty capable. So to me, this is more about the, the need of the moment. They needed a win. They needed a, con, you know, a, a performance right from the beginning. And they needed a consistent performer up top. And Robin Lud is that guy and has been that guy for Minnesota United. And then you have the luxury of bringing an Adrian Anu off the bench. You have the luxury of bringing Fernando Adi off the bench. And this isn't just about the forward position. This is about the depth and quality now in the wing position, because that is where Robin Lloyd would play if he wasn't playing a forward. So now you've got Ethan Finley, who's doing everything right as of late. And you've got Franco Fragapane, who, in my opinion, was just as deserved or nearly as being on MLS Team of the Week in his performances in the last week, and especially in that game against LA Galaxy and what he's brought to the table and the, the different dimension from the attack. So for me, it's not so much about what the other guys aren't doing as what Robin does bring to the fold. And yes, they're going to be scrapping and inclined to get back in the mix because they're athletes and they're professionals and they want to be on the team. But Robin Lloyd is consistent. He's quality and, and he deserved to be on the pitch in that starting moment on, on Saturday against the Galaxy. Yeah, I would agree. There's uh, an element of... This is the best move for the team. This is the best player available for those around him as well. Um, he may not necessarily be the most poignant of centre forwards because that's not his position. But what he does is he brings other people into the game really, really well. And he'll need to, he'll need to do that as well, Kendra, uh, on Saturday against Houston Dynamo. Um, let's be honest, uh, this is a, a game that many will look at and, and think this, this has to be a must-win for Minnesota United. And I know we, I feel like we've been saying must win for the last couple of weeks just because of the severity of the situation. Minnesota United seventh at the moment in the Western Conference. Um, and as it stands, they've got 34 points. LA Galaxy fourth with 38. Um, it is within touching distance, that fourth spot. But the thing is here is above Minnesota, Rail Salt Lake and Portland Timbers, both on similar points, LAFC and even Vancouver Whitecaps starting to, to take an interest and a sniff in that fourth spot as well. But you have to go down towards the 12th spot in the Western Conference to find Houston Dynamo. With just five wins all season, no wins away from home. Now, if <laughs> this is the one league where 
if 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 there's going to be a shock, it's going to be in this league <laughs> um, because of the parity of it and because of certain individuals as well. Let's not forget the Dynamo have a good roster. Um, and I'm not entirely sure their season is deserving of, of where they are now. But um, this has to be a must win. This has to be victory for Minnesota United, does it not? Well, let me ask you, Cal, is this win more important than the last game? Is this game more important than the last game? Or is it just that every game now is going to have that kind of connotation to it? Because to me, LA Galaxy game in that moment was the most important game. Because it was a, it felt like a must-win situation, not from a statistical standpoint, but from a morale standpoint. That was a game that they needed to get the three points against a Galaxy team, and it was at home, and you'd come off a disappointing result against Sporting Kansas City on the road, in which you got absolutely trounced. So that, to me, in that moment, was the most important win from a morality standpoint. But now you face a team at home once again, coming off one of your best performances of the season. Now you are also at home, and you're against a team that's nearly the bottom of the West. So now... How does that last win feel if you don't back it up with an equally solid performance against a team that's bottom in the Western Conference at home? So I I feel like, you know, this to me is nearly as important as that game because of the result and the performance that you had in the last one, if that makes any sense or if I'm just rambling on here. But this is a team that you should beat, that you need. First of all, you should beat every team at home, top of the table, bottom of the table, whatever. But this is a game that you should win because of the way you performed in the last game, knowing the quality of the roster, you've got all your star players back. You've got your best player back, which we heard from Adrian Heath is very important in, in results and in wins is having your best players on the field. If they are all healthy and available to play on Saturday and you are playing one of the worst teams in the Western conference, this is a must win game checking off all those boxes and then also to continue to move up and try to stay above the playoff line and climb into that fourth spot. I think with the Galaxy game, there was um, a, a real importance about it simply because it was one of very few remaining games, Kay, where Minnesota were actually in control in terms of what could happen. You could legitimately limit the progress of a team above you. Um, and that that won't happen very much now in the remaining games of the season. I know Minnesota play LA Galaxy on the last day of the season, but but around that and prior to that, um, I, I don't know if there's any other games where you can legitimately say you can halt the progress of those above you. Um, I think um, in terms of the morale, I would agree that that this one is massive because if you if you go two games in a row with victory, and you all of a sudden you gain momentum you never know where that momentum can take you. We, we, we've seen in the final third of, of um, a lot of Major League Soccer seasons that if you go into the playoffs with momentum, you never know where it can take you. Um, and Portland Timbers got into an MLS Cup final in 2018 through, through the, the momentum that they gained in the last few weeks of the regular season. So whilst I think it was important from a, a morale point of view for the LA Galaxy game, I would argue this one's probably a little more important now. I'm not sure I would have said this a week ago, but but now, um, simply because I think there is a legitimate chance to gain some momentum. Um, and when you look back at the standings, as we said earlier on, Minnesota 7th with 34 points, LA Galaxy 4th with 38 points, I, I genuinely think that LA Galaxy are, are catchable. Um, Minnesota will be thinking that, but the thing is there'll be several teams around them that also think the same as well. But no doubt, Kendra, I think if you if Minnesota claim victory this weekend, 
it'll be fabulous for morale because, as I said, it will put them on a run of some sorts. Um, it may very well calm down a couple of nerves, nervous people as well. Um, it may very well halt uh, a couple of uh, a couple of critiques as well, a couple of critical people. Um, but I, I think it's uh, look. There's no doubt it's a must win. These are the games you have to win when you're at home. If you genuinely want to be a top four team in this league, these are the types of games that you have to win. Um, and Minnesota have had a slip up or two this season at home already. I think they were they were slightly fortunate in the sense that the slip ups came early. A home loss to Austin, uh, a tie to San Jose, a, a tie to uh, Kansas City at home when, when they were down to 10 men. Um, those came earlier in the season. I think if that was to happen now, it would be borderline catastrophic. But now, when you look back at it, you think you'd rather those happen earlier in the season because now you really legitimately do need to win these types of games. Um, are we expecting to see a Mr. Darwin Quintero for Houston Dynamo? Because he's been getting much more regular football and he's been in the starting level much more regularly over the course of the last few weeks. Yeah, I mean, I would I would fully expect to see Darwin Quintero. And... We all know what he is capable of doing. We've seen it in person, firsthand, multiple times. His ability on the ball, his brilliance on the ball. And Adrian talked about it quite a bit today at training. And and he can still pick out the pass. He can still find the open man. He can still do that little no lick. It's like it's almost like a John Stockton, you know, pass for the Utah Jazz in basketball. He completely goes the other way and has the defense on, on their heels and completely confused. So I expect to see Darwin Quintero. He had fallen out of the mix with Tab Ramos and the staff. And and look, you and I aren't there every day. We don't know, but we we know that he is capable of brilliant moments and then capable of not so brilliant moments um, when he chooses not to defend or not to kind of follow suit with what the protocol is as far as what the team is trying to do tactically. And you kind of, it's a blessing and a curse because you want that creativity and you want that freedom for a player like that of that quality on the ball, but he's got to be doing, willing to do certain things in a shape. And I don't think, and this is just me guessing, I don't think Tab had seen that maybe, and he had kind of fallen out of favor with what Tab was trying to do. Well, now he's worked himself back in and the results that they've had, this little run that Houston Dynamo is on, he's been a part of that. Um, and I do expect if he's fully fit and healthy and, uh, you know, not carrying any knocks and they didn't have a midweek game. I expect to see Dar- Darwin Quintero in that starting 11, because why would you change anything if you're Tab Ramos and what you've seen in the lot, unless you have to do to injury, why would you change anything from this lineup? Why wouldn't you have him in the mix either as a number 10 kind of sitting centrally, or we've seen it where Papa Pico has been, you know, the central forward and Darwin technically is out wide, even though we all know he likes to float around and cut inside. So I would absolutely expect to see him. And I've been at, pleasantly surprised and impressed with what he's done in their last handful of games their last few games um having not been in the fold and in the starting 11 for quite some time not even coming off the bench hardly let's just put it you know call a spade a spade he's hardly been playing on mm. the season so um i expect to see him and, and you know he's going to be more motivated against his former club and houston's on a good little stretch here yeah i was going to ask you before we had to break so um minnesota go from a really good time to play a team. LA Galaxy hadn't won in five prior to the game against Minnesota. And we're a little fragile. That was safe to, to say and, and for all to see. Defensively, they were fragile anyway. Um, but after such a, a torrid campaign where Houston Dynamo find themselves towards the bottom end of the Western Conference, for the first time this season, they're unbeaten in three. Is this the worst time to play Houston Dynamo at the moment? 
I think it is. I think this is the best stretch that they've been on. And not only are they unbeaten in three, but they had um, a game in which they beat their in-state rival in Austin, three to nothing. I know that was at home, but still. And Austin, we all know Austin's terrible. They're the only team worse than them in the Western Conference, sitting in 12. But you still have to beat your in-state rivals. There's always an extra energy about that game. Then you go on the road and you tie an LA Galaxy team, who is still a quality LA Galaxy team, and it's a road game and they get a draw. And they scored first in that game and they kind of put the galaxy on their heels on the road. And then you go back to home and you be your other in-state rival. I'll see Dallas three to two in a game that was very hard fought and difficult. And, and we all know the quality that FC Dallas has right now. So I do think that this is the best run of form that Houston Dynamo have been on in quite some time. This, well, let's be fair to the entire 2021 season. And they're going to be feeling themselves a little bit and they're going to have some energy about them. And I think for the most part, they've got some guys healthy and fit. I don't know about, I don't know about Tyler Pasher. I'd have to take a look back and see if he's back in the mix or not, but he hasn't been in the mix for a bit now. So, and Karaskia, is he back in the mix? Not sure. Um, but they've got, you know, Maxi Rudy, they've got Fafa Pico, who's been phenomenal for them. They've got supposedly Darwin Kinchero in the mix, Matias Vera, Darwin Seren, you know, and their, and their back line is, um, it's okay. It's not great. It can definitely be gotten at. They've given up goals. So I, I think this is a bad time to play the Houston Dynamo, but it's also a great time if you're Minnesota United, because you are coming off a ridiculous performance against LA Galaxy at home and a three nothing win with that shutout. So bad time for Houston's form, but great time for Minnesota because your confidence has to be just soaring right now and knowing that you're getting most of your guys back and healthy. And if Ray is still able to go, Robin's still able to go. Um, I think that would be a, a big boost for this club. Okay. Well, we'll continue this recap of the LA Galaxy victory and also a preview of the next opponent's Houston Dynamo with Ethan Finlay after the break. United fans, save time every time when you use online check-in for a great haircut at Great Clips. Download our app or check in online at greatclips.com. Great Clips, it's going to be great. And a very warm welcome back to the Match Preview Podcast. Callum Williams alongside Kendra D. St. Aubin joining us now. Minnesota United's flying winger, Ethan Finlay. Ethan, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Before we get into the specifics of your season and the upcoming game against Houston Dynamo, talk to us about that game against LA Galaxy and how much that was needed for Minnesota. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, yeah, you know, it, it was a really important one. Um, you know, it was, we knew it was a big week, and I think we were disappointed uh, to not get any points out of the first two games, uh, you know, last week. So we knew how important that game was. Uh, not only to win it, but also to play a team that's above us, a team that we're now chasing uh, in the playoff race. Um, so it was great. You know, it, it felt good. I think, you know, we've been playing some good stuff. Um, and I think for to get guys like Ray back and Robin back healthy uh, and, and get minutes under their belt, I think was extremely encouraging as well as a result. You talk about the the big win and how important it was, but does it feel like more of a, a, a mental morale type of a win than a like we knew you weren't statistically eliminated type of win because of the way the games the week in, in the week earlier went specifically the sporting Kansas City game did it feel like that kind of a a boost from a confidence standpoint yeah I think you know if, if we don't get a win on Saturday I think there's a, a sense of doubt 
that starts to creep into to guys' minds, into the fans' minds of, well, we were sitting in a pretty good spot a couple of weeks ago. We dropped some points against teams where we were up a man. Um, you know, what's going on here? And so I think it, for us, it was just getting back on track. Uh, like I said, I think we've been playing some good stuff and uh, maybe the results always haven't backed that up with the with points. But you hope that as we get down in the stretch, that if we're performing well, and playing well, that the results will come. And I think that was just a good, good, good moment for this group to validate uh, some of the positive performances that we've had, uh, you know, over the last month or so. Ethan. How's dad life going at the moment? We can hear the little one in the background. You look great. You're scoring goals at the moment, but, but how's dad life going? <laughs> I, I apologize. Yeah, she's found her voice. Um, yeah, so uh, it's been really good. Um, you know, I, I've got got a great partner in crime and, and my wife, Haley. Um, got a lot of family who's come in town to visit us. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think I've been very, I've been blessed with a very good sleeper thus far. So, uh, almost five months in, um, you know, she's, uh, she's as perfect as she looks on Instagram and, uh, we're, we're very fortunate. Speaking of though, if you had to pick a moment where you're like, oh my gosh, nobody, nobody told me it was going to be like this. Does one stick out in your brain? Nobody uh, told me this was going to happen. I, I would say you can, you're never ready to worry as much as you worry about every little thing. Right. Um, I'm someone who's pretty laid back myself um, with some of that stuff, but I find myself worrying about things that are just so normal. But being a first time parent, um, I think you, you tend to over worry or overanalyze just about everything that's going on, positive or negative with your child. Um, and that everyone who's had more than one kid has told me, oh, that's not a big deal. That's nothing. Oh, an ear infection or a little rash here and there. That, that's nothing. So. Um, that's the one thing that I don't think you can ever be like ready for. And I think it's just the natural, uh, you know, your first baby, you, uh, you probably overanalyze and over worry about everything. Sounds like some football managers overanalyzing everything. It's <laughs> <laughs> what it is. <laughs> um, look, yeah. you've been in riveting form over the, the course of the last few months, Ethan. It's again, one of the most consistent runs you've had in the starting 11 and you're playing brilliantly and you scored a fabulous goal against LA Galaxy. At last Saturday, talk us through it and how delighted you were to claim it. Yeah, it's been nice. I think I'm able to put, you know, stack good performance on good performance on good performance. Um, you know, that's what you have to do in this league uh, to keep your job week in, week out, especially with the depth that our team has. And, and you know, we got, um, you know, guys like Nico coming back who, uh, you know, has a, a, been a really good winger. Um, you know, Robbins played out wide, Greg Apano. So we, we have a great depth at the wing. So, uh, I think that's helped me. It's encouraged me to continue to put good performance on good performance. And you need that uh, competition is helpful and, and will we'll lift the whole group. Uh, but yeah, last Saturday was, uh, it was great. You know, you make a lot of runs throughout the game and you're just looking for one and one that you have to make one matter. And I was able to make one matter the other night. And uh, I wasn't so sure if I was on side, I could kind of see uh, Grand was, was still kind of slow to, to get up on his line. Uh, and what a great ball by Fragapane, the, the right amount of weight on that ball for me to just let it kind of run into my path and take one touch and finish and, uh, you know, just kind of waiting the goalie out in that moment that, you know, I was proud of that moment, just the patience that I, I showed, uh, to take a touch, to get my head up and to just kind of wait, wait to get Klinsman a little bit off balance and then just slip it, slip it near post. So, um, you know, something I've actually been trying to work on a little bit because I think goalies sometimes tend to expect you to go back across them. Uh, so yeah, it was a great moment. And I think, you know, getting that third one when we did was important for us because 
L.A. had kind of been starting to get a little bit more in the game, more possession. Uh, so to get the third one in that moment, uh, I think, was really important to, to relax everybody. Ethan, with your veteran leadership on this team and the success you've had in, in with prior clubs, how do you how do you translate that into your teammates, into some of the young players, maybe some to, some of the players that just haven't played in this league before? How do you find your role in that way to kind of translate some of that, navigating the space and, and the success you've had in this league? Yeah, you know, first for me, I always try to lead by example. So, you know, whether it's, you know, on the field, you know, working hard and showing, you know, guys movements, things that that I think help me and get me open in certain spots, uh, or it's, you know, stuff in the gym, stuff before, you know, they go out there to keep their bodies healthy. You know, it's never too late to start working on your being doing prehab every day. So, you know, giving these 23, 24 year old guys like, you know, just tips on, hey, start doing this now because, You'll feel a lot better at age 30, 31 uh, because of it. Um, yeah. And then just encouraging guys. I mean, like I said, we have a very talented roster and um, you know, you go through ups and downs throughout the weeks and uh, throughout, you know, the months of a, a long, long season. And uh, you know, Justin McMaster is the one guy that I think of where I'm like, you know, here's a rookie. He's dealing with a little bit of uh, you know, an injury. He's, he's out. It's really easy to just kind of get down on yourself. And then you, you don't go about your, your rehab. Well, so going up to those kind of guys and, and showing encouragement to them and letting them know that you care about them, even though they're not, you know, in the 18 right now or, or with the full group um, and supporting them, I think makes a big difference because this is, this is the longest season he's ever had in his life. Right. Uh, and we've still got two and a half months left, three months left of it. So I think that's really important. And I recognize that because I had players, you know, that were older than me that did that for me. So I always try to pick those kind of guys out and, encourage them, especially when they're going through, you know, tough times. Hassan is an example of a guy right now who's dealing with maybe the first injury, you know, injury that he's had. He's itching to get back, but it's so important that, that he takes the time to properly heal himself so that, you know, he can be ready to perform at a high level throughout the, throughout the playoffs. Ethan, you, you mentioned somebody like a Franco Fragapane then, and, and let's talk about Robin Lud as well whilst we're having this conversation. It, it's obvious that they operate as inverted wingers when they are playing out wide. That seems to be a preference from from Adrian Heath when it's an opportunity and and when he's been given the chance to use those players. So, with, with that in mind, have have you been asked to perhaps develop a, a different style? Have you been asked to perhaps change your game at all? You know, not necessarily. I think, you know, over the last couple of years, I've tried to be more comfortable in pockets and and getting in there and turning. It's not as natural for me to be, you know, turning inside on my left, uh, you know, my less dominant foot. But it's something that you know, at this being a professional, it's part of, you know, you know, they pay you good money to be able to use your right and your left foot. And so uh, it's something you have to start to make yourself comfortable with it and try it. Um, so I don't, I don't think they're necessarily asking me individually to do something different, but I think when there's different players on the field, you know, for example, when Ray's on the field, his range of passing, his ability to find a pass is going to be different. So I might be asked to be making more runs in behind in that situation. So maybe even, you know, like the other night, you know, the, the first goal running in behind Robin picks up a second ball, you know, he's the guy leading the line, but I'm running past him, but that's just interchange. And I think in those types of situations, we, we have such fluid movement. Um, you know, I've played a number nine, <laughs> I played a number nine, uh, in college. And so, you know, I understand, you know, stretching lines and being kind of that point guy at times and drawing defenders away. Um, so for me, I just try to to look at you know the guys on the field and say, okay, you know this is this is my strengths. These are the guys around me. Um, how can I 
how can I benefit from from what their ability is and, and how can they benefit from what I'm doing and try to make that um, make that mutually beneficial. So, you know, example, like I said, Ray, maybe being able to play balls more in behind when Hassani's played in that position, it might be a situation where we need to be more inside helping him uh, connect, um, you know, just because he's not as comfortable at, in that 10 position. He's, he's, he's not someone that, you know, uh, has played a bunch of balls where he's, you know, hitting through balls and that, you know, that's just not his game. So having more guys around him in that situation would, would probably be where I need to be more inside and, and supporting him in that role. Before we ask you about Houston Dynamo, Ethan, um, I've got to ask you, you now sit on 49 major league soccer goals, including the playoffs. Was 50 goals ever an aim for you? You know, I think it, it really wasn't. Um, I, I've never really based my career on honesty stats. I've, I've really just thought of my career as, as uh, you know, how can I be a part of winning teams? And uh, I've been part of some teams, but I haven't been part of a winning team yet, uh, a team that's really raised a trophy. And so that's what I've always been chasing. And that's honestly, um, I think that's how I'll define if my career was successful or not. Um, I think I'm, we're getting close. I've been, like I said, been a part of some really good teams. Um, but it's, 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 you know, it's, it's a great, it's a cool number, but you know, once you get to 50, it's, it's 51 it's 52. It's, it's, you kind of keep on going. Um, you know, obviously you hope you can score goals so that the team can win games. That's, that's obviously an important, important role and what you need. So um, I hope I get there this weekend. So what of this weekend then, Ethan? Houston Dynamo coming to Allianz Field. Uh, no away victory for them this campaign. Is there any elements of a suggestion that perhaps this is, do we label this game as a must win for Minnesota United? Yeah, I, I won't label it that, but I'll let you guys, if you'd like to, uh, in the media, that's totally fine. Uh you know, for, for us, it's, it's another important game against a Western conference. foe. um, we need to, uh, we need to get a result at home of whoever the opponent is, whether it's Houston, um, or it's the number one team in the West. Right. So we, we got to get a result at home. That's, that's, what's important. Doesn't matter the opponent in front of us. And we know that. So we're focused on that. Uh, I would say you know, I'm, I'm cautious because it's a team that, that, you know, we've played, uh, in the last three weeks, but this is a different team right now. Uh, since Darwin Quintero's kind of stepped back in and, and, and been in a starting role there, they've been playing, playing better. They've been getting results. They're unbeaten in three games with two wins. Um, you know, we've seen over and over in this league where, you know, maybe there's a change in the front office or in the coaching staff and teams rally behind that. Uh, guys start to fight for jobs for, for the following year and they need to show something. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing right now with this Houston Dynamo team. So they're frisky and we need to be, uh, we need to be making sure that we're taking care of business. Okay. So maybe not a must win or you'll let us label it that, but what about from just a consistency standpoint, it feels like the great teams find a way to be consistent in their performances. Would this following up such a, a, a fabulous performance against the galaxy and then having another home game, regardless of who the opponent is, but we know it's Houston near the bottom of the West. What about a consistency factor from this group? Absolutely. You have to be able to, to put good performance on top of good performance. Uh, that'll only help our confidence. And, uh, you know, I, I said it earlier, we've been playing well. I think the performances have been there. The results might not have matched them uh, as of recent. So it is a, uh, another opportunity to validate those good performance, uh, good performances. So um, we'll take them very seriously. I, I, 
I, I can't stress that enough. We, you know, we know how important this game is uh, for us to, uh, to keep us obviously in the playoff hunt and to start to climb up the ladder even more. And just finally, Ethan, so how do you, how do you get the better of Houston Dynamo on Saturday? Well, I think, you know, what we've looked at and noticed is, is that there's going to be probably some spaces out wide. So uh, our wingbacks um, and, and our wingers, I think, will be extremely important uh, on the weekend. I think, you know, being able to try to create 2v1s out wide and then either get to the end line and get crosses or, or cutbacks, uh, I think it, it will, be, will be something that we can probably exploit. But uh, we also have to be very diligent on the defensive side of the ball. This is a team that in transition is deadly. I mean, Papa P. Colt is playing at a, at a really high level right now. Um, and he is dangerous at any moment in the game, whether it's the first minute or the 90th. Uh, he's a guy who can go, uh, you know, he can go from zero to 60 really quick and, and, and run with just about anybody in the league. So, you know, he's a guy, I, I mentioned Darwin, uh, Yeruti scored plenty of goals. So, you know, they, they've got plenty of good quality players and, and we know that. Um, but I, I think that if we play as a team and as a unit, we stay compact on the defensive side of the ball then on the offensive side of the ball, um, you know, take our opportunities, take our chances like we did the other night at LA Galaxy, get a lead early. Uh, that crowd on Saturday will push us through. Brilliant stuff. Ethan Finlay, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. And my thanks to Kindred D. St. Auburn, our producer, Tyson Hill. And of course, for you listening at home as well. All eyes now focused on Saturday evening, Allianz Field hosting Minnesota United and Houston Dynamo.